Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. I had a chance to, to just watch Tua, you know, sling the football around. And the guy can actually throw the ball, you know, all over the field. You know, and, you know, he has so many weapons, you know, at his disposal, you know, that is crazy. You know, he got Jalen, myself, Raheem, and as you say, he got pass catching tight ends. His offense is going to be crazy. So I'm just here to just say, get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a great season for the Miami Dolphins. Get your popcorn ready, says Tyreek Hill. Tyreek is very bullish. It's like money has made him super positive. Does he have any other options? <laughs> I know it. Uh, he doesn't have much other option. Yeah. But And he can make two of really good, by the way. Give me an eight-yard pass and see you later potential uh, when you get it to Tyreek Hill. That's the voice of Casey Kurtz. Yeah, He's wearing the Baker County helmet he because they are hosting our game of the week yeah, where we will find uh, our TV cameras tonight for the Friday Night Witch, which takes place at 1030 on Fox 30, 1115 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. And right before that, our football coverage really ramps up this week as 9 to 10.30. We have our Blitz scoreboard show, and we'll have that on ESPN 690. If you haven't caught that in the past, well, shame on you, as I like to say, but uh, really try to check it out, especially on the social media channels. We love you listening on radio. If you're in your car and bouncing around from games or coming home, certainly we'll have the scores and the highlights uh, analysis. Coach Kevin Sullivan joins us, the Hall of Famer as well. Coaches will call in. We'll have some reaction. But if you watch on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, any of those channels, you'll see live action of games. We'll bring you the live action from some of the finishes around the area that we can get our hands on thanks to, well, what we do in TV land on CBS 47 and Fox 30. And that includes Bradford at Baker County in our game of the week. And ironically, I'm not back there at all today. Instead, we're in Thomaston, Georgia, as we continue to be with the Jags in the Atlanta area. So we drove to Thomaston, which is Trayvon Walker's hometown, and we're working on a story for down the road with Trayvon Walker, where he's from, the number one overall pick, of course, of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's a big deal here in this hometown, and it should be. And currently, we're at where he played high school football, Upson Lee uh, High School, uh, which uh, this is Matthews Field right behind us in Thomaston. Brent Martineau, Marcel Robinson. Marcel, say hello. Hello. There you go. Good work. Marcel's doing all the hard work, the dirty work. Uh, So we are here in Thomaston, Georgia, at Trayvon Walker's hometown. And I just mentioned before the break, they're playing Lamar County tonight. And Lamar County, I think uh, somebody told us, ranked like ninth Ninth in 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 Region 1. And uh, these guys are a Region 3 team. Our classification uh, in in 3, which would be in Florida, 3A, you know. and uh, but the the really that's like the subplot. The main storyline is you get two big time recruits out here tonight. Uh, one of them, T.J. Searcy, yep. who is committed to Florida, big defensive end, and the other one, C.J. Allen, who is a young man from Lamar County, plays linebacker, committed to Georgia, the national champs. He also plays running back for them. The big story for uh, Upson Lee is that. Uh, Cersei is coming off a, a ligament issue in his finger, finger ligament, and yeah. they expect him back tonight. So uh, that's the big story here in Thomaston, Georgia. I'm not sure you'll see much of that game on the Friday Night Blitz or we'll talk about it in the Blitz scoreboard show, but it's a big deal around here in a beautiful facility uh, where Trayvon Walker played his high school football, and also he was a star on the basketball court as well. Speaking of a star, this guy is the star of our high school football coverage, the and he's the Hall of Famer. Kevin Sully. Sully, what's happening? What's going on? What's up? We're going. I've been. I've been to Upsonley. Have you been? 
Yeah, we had a friend of ours lived there for a few years. So when we were younger, we used to go up that way. So, yeah, I know exactly where you're at, Thomas. Nice, and, nice yeah. area, by the way. Beautiful little town. And uh, uh, I love these small towns in Georgia where you get the village right in the center of town. Uh, you know, Trayvon and his family, which he grew up, by the way, about 12, I would say 12 minutes outside of town because we're like literally you could about, uh, uh, you know, a driver and, and maybe a nine iron away from downtown from this field. We call well, that a stone's throw. A stone's back. throw, yeah. I can't throw, my arm hurts, so I'd rather swing a golf club. But uh, he's down the road a little bit out on the outskirts of town, mm -hmm. uh, and he grew up on a street where, like, his grandmother, we met his grandmother today, uh, she lives right next to him, and his aunts and uncles live right there as well, so uh, right on the same street. Little compound. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Um, so Ups and Lee, that's where we're at in Thomaston, Georgia today. All right, Coach, uh, and we're going to bring Casey and Marcel into the mix on this. But uh, what are you watching tonight here on really week one, I would call it. I know Georgia got going last week, but for the Florida schools, it's week one of high school football. Yeah, week one's great, man. You know, we talked last year the same thing about week one. Uh, anything can happen week one. I've seen teams win week one and lose nine in a row. We've seen teams start off bad and get hot later on towards the end of the year. Um, so week one's wide open. But I think there's a couple really good ones tonight. You know, of course, the one our game, Bradford and Baker County, uh, the backstory of Jamie Rogers, who led him to the state championship game at Baker County, left, went to Georgia for a few years. Now he's back at Bradford. And then he opens the season at Baker County. So that's a backstory in a story. And he's got family all up, up up there. So that'll be interesting. The one I like tonight, Brent, is PB Ponavidra at Bartram Trail. I think Ponavidra is my sleeper team this year. Just really? what? Yeah. I, I just think they're going to be really good. They were first year coach. Not that coach wasn't, it was his first year there last year. But I think that he. Uh, did a tremendous job last year. They they took Bartram to the wire. I want to say it was a Liam Pardon uh, field goal. It was. A 29-27 win, and they return a good nucleus of kids at Pontevedra, and I think Coach got them rolling. So that, to me, I'm looking for that one tonight to be a really great game. Well, and we know Bartram Trail is always good, and, and so we just kind of expect them to be good again. And, uh, you know, we know they've got quarterback play, uh, a junior quarterback, and people are looking at him, and they've got, they have numbers, right? They always have just a lot of depth. Uh, and you've got guys like Sharif Denson. Uh, so, I mean, this it's a loaded team. That catches my attention that you would say that because I guess I just assume Bartram Trail probably roll early on, and we'll see what happens, you know? <laughs> so that would really catch people's attention around the area if Pontevedra were to win, Coach. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I just think uh, Coach Price is doing a nice job out there. It sort of reminds me a little bit of a year ago, Denise story, where they had not won a bunch of games in the first couple of years and then really came on uh, last year. But, uh, I mean, they've got good line play at Pontevedra. They've got some good skill. He, he's been there now a year, two years, basically a year and a half, get his program moving in there. He's won a couple state championships at North Florida Christian. And uh, I just look for them to be one of the, one of our surprise teams. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Uh, so that's one of the games uh, Coach keep an eye on. We mentioned Bradford-Baker County. That is our game of the week. And our Blitz Scoreboard Show will have all the coverage of that, of course, uh, presented by Baker Sports and Nimnick Buick GMC coming up tonight at 9 p.m. until 10.30. You don't want to miss it. But uh, the Rogers story is interesting. And Marcel knows this. He's a Georgia guy from Folkestone. And, Coach, you can talk about this in a moment, too. But I want to get Marcel's thoughts. You know, he's got, Jamie Rogers is like a Baker County guy. Yeah. 
and he leaves to go, and I don't blame anybody for leaving to go to Georgia because there's more money to be made. And that's we've talked about that at length, and everybody knows that story now. But we also have seen people find their way back to Florida, they, whether it just doesn't work out or they want to come back home. I think this was a little bit of a situation. And I saw Jamie Rogers say recently that he's got family in Bradford as well, and this was probably the closest thing with my job being open because Kevin Mays has done a fantastic job mm-hmm. at Baker County. Uh, so it sets up a, a great matchup between Jamie Rogers, who did a nice job with the Wildcats against his former old school and really like his hometown team. Yeah, I'm kind of sad to miss this one, actually. This is my first game of the week. Uh, this is the first game of the week that we've had that I'll miss for the for the entirety of since we've been doing the games of the weekend. Yeah, you're going to get so used to it, you're going to miss next week, too. I know. I'm, I t- <laughs> I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I mean, you guys are getting comfortable. I mean, I mean, I miss media day. I miss the games of the week. You know, I'm just going to take the rest of the off the high school beat. Uh, you know, you guys got it, right? <laughs> hey, uh, Coach, uh, Kevin May's doing a nice job at Baker County, and we have – we have really spotlighted Baker County as a team that could take advantage of this new metro suburban stuff, right? Yep. With that, yeah, without a doubt, Baker County. Uh, Coach Mays has done a good job. Now, they, they they did take a pretty good hit in graduation, but offensively, I think with the running back coming back, Cam Smith, who's had a tremendous career going into his senior year, um, I think they won't miss a beat, but defensively, they lost a D coordinator, Brock Canaday. He took the head job at Dixie County down uh, outside of Gainesville. And so now you got a new defensive coordinator and some guys on defense that are pretty good that they've got to replace, too. Brent Martineau and Marcel Robinson here at Upson Lee High School, home of Trayvon Walker. Uh, Coach Kevin Sullivan, our Hall of Fame analyst, who will join us tonight on the Blitz Scoreboard Show, probably joining us from his front porch in Flagler County. Uh, and Casey Kurtz, we just want to make sure he's still breathing because he's had a helmet on for over Good. two hours for Baker County. You okay over there? Casey? I got the helmet on still. I'm struggling. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. My neck's taking a beating. The helmet also doesn't really fit, so my forehead is shrinking as we speak. But listen, uh, Chip and Teresa did not raise no quitter. I will wear the helmet through the rest of the show. Uh, but it, it's tough. It's getting tough. The out crazy here. thing about this, guys, is nobody made him do it. Like, he's just challenged himself. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's totally downs. volunteer. It's up-downs for a producer. It, it's, the small, it's the small battles personally to achieve. That's what he said, too, right now. That, hey, that's exactly way. right, Coach. I just want someone, if they're flipping through to find our show, they're like, that guy's wearing a helmet. And I've been wearing it for three hours. I'm not giving up. Yeah, well, TJ Searcy just jumped on. Like, he's the Gator commit who played for Upson Lee. I saw him jump on the show, and he's probably like, what the hell is that guy doing? <laughs> TJ, welcome to the off. show, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> that's not my helmet he's thinking. Yeah, that's not ours. <laughs> who are these guys? Why are they at my school? <laughs> like, that's probably what a lot of people are asking around here. Uh, by the way, do want to give a shout-out to Casey before we even get going. Hopefully he takes the helmet off for tonight's show because he's going to need to push a lot of buttons. This is a... Uh, uh, a one-of-a-kind show that we do with the highlights and the scores rolling in and everything else. So um, there's a lot of work on Casey, especially when I'm on the road. And uh, that's what will be this week. Back in studio, of course, next week for the Blitz Scoreboard Show. 9 o'clock until 10.30, coming up tonight, presented by Baker Sports and uh, Nimnik Buick GMC. Uh, before I get to the other games, I also want to highlight something else that we have going on and we've done. We're bringing it back for year two. Committed to the uncommitted. Speaking of guys like Cersei, we're not. Those are the those are the stars, the five stars, the four stars. Those are the guys that get all the attention, Coach Sully. And yep. uh, last year we were able to give a lot of shout outs to guys that don't always get the attention, and it worked out to be a really cool segment. And we're bringing it back for year two. Yeah, it's real exciting. You know, it, it's fun on our end, Brett. My mind being the old coach, you know, uh, I get to 
you say, hey, we're going to highlight these kids, and then I get to do my research, watch film on them and everything, and then, you know, try to help promote them, and we promote them, and there's still some college coaches out there that uh, follow me, and maybe maybe we get lucky. We, we had a couple uh, do really well last year, got got signed up doing well, so uh, real excited about this uh, part of the program. Yeah, tonight on the Blitz Scoreboard Show, we'll take you to back to last year a little bit, who we highlighted and where they're at, and then next week we'll get our first nominee and, and really get rolling with it, and we might have a special surprise at the end of the year. I don't want to say that yet, but it could be this, this segment that we're having a lot of fun with, which we hope helps the kids, might even hit a new level um, by the end of this season. And so uh, we'll look forward to that. Marcel Robinson, you follow a lot of these recruits around and obviously get them on the sidelines. But I do think, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the big-name guys. If he's committed to Georgia, he's committed to Florida, he's committed to Florida State, which we have plenty of, right, from the yeah, Sam yeah. Singletons of the world to the Kearneys of the world. And we're waiting on Jordan Hall. Hopefully he's okay, by the way. Last week he, he got roughed up a little bit with the leg. But, I mean, you can't forget about everybody else. I mean, there's a lot of football programs across the nation, and just going to have a chance to play anywhere, you know it, uh, Marcel. I mean, it's a big deal, and we got talent that could fill a lot of rosters across the country. Yeah, and it's really cool, like you said, uh, especially seeing the guys that we highlighted last year on Committed to the Uncommitted because uh, it's sort of essentially just like you just said, there's so many, there's so much high school football talent that we have down there. And, of course, we have a lot of, you know, we have some four stars, five stars, but these, like, these three-star guys, they're they're ball players. You know? they, can, they can still play. We saw it, I believe you guys highlighted, uh, Harold Stubbs from Oakleaf. Last year, I remember talking to him at high school media day way before anything started. And he was one of those guys where he, you could hear him, you know, talk ball and how passionate he was and how much he loved the game of football and everything that comes with it. You know, the camaraderie, the teammate aspect and just, you know, what what he gets out of the game. And then, of course, you get a guy like that who he may not get those big looks from you know, the bigger schools, your D1 schools. But all these guys have you know, aspirations of what teams they want to play and then come full circle with, you know, committed to the uncommitted. We see him come coming back to Jacksonville about what, say, say, a little bit over a month ago, or a little under a month ago with Florida State. You know, got, got signed on to play with the Seminoles. Is that something that may not have happened for him? That may not have been something that he could have been able uh, to do um, with, without what we did here on the committee to the young committee. So for me personally, like you said, just being on the ground floor and talking to these guys and going to their practices and the media days and seeing all the work they put in and, you know, just loving them getting the recognition that they deserve on the Twitters and, and things like that, it just uh, makes you feel good. Coach, I'm going to hit a couple other games uh, to watch because you have a top five. We already talked about Bartram Trail, Bradford at Baker County. But also there's this new school bowl action, right? Tacoy Creek was new last year. We actually followed them on making of a program on CBS 47, Fox 30. You can find that on our YouTube YouTube channel, like how they started that program from scratch. Stuart Weber chronicled it. Well, we got another one, Beachside against Tacoy Creek. It's amazing how many schools are popping up in St. John's County. Uh, just for reference, you know, there was a time when it was Bartram Trail, right, that was popping up in the new school. And then there was knee, uh, Creekside, excuse me, uh, and the Ponte Vedras. And look at what those programs have done. They've really taken off over the years. So, Tacoy Creek, eh, maybe struggle a little bit early on. Beachside, maybe early on. But expect it to be pretty much overnight where these teams become pretty competitive with all the talent down there in St. John's County, right? Yeah, without a doubt. They're, they're calling it the Surf and Turf Bowl. That's what the game is. That's <laughs> oh, the new. That. I, yeah, because I guess, uh, you know, they're the Bulls and then the Barracuda, so it's the Surf and Turf Bowl, which yeah. I, find, I, I thought that was a great name. I, I love it. Hopefully they'll have a nice little trophy that can go back and forth between the two schools. And, you know, we, I've been there, uh, had the opportunity to open Atlantic Coast 
uh, brand new back in 2010. And uh, just the excitement and, and everything. And now you've got two of the brand new schools playing each other. And they're, no matter what, they're going to be linked to each other for the rest of their uh, history playing because those two schools are close to each other in the same county and they open roughly about within a year of each other. So, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun down there. Um, uh, it's going to be exciting. That's awesome. Like, it makes me hungry. Surf and turf. <laughs> Surf and turf bowl <laughs> with the Toros and the Barracudas. That's very good stuff. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that one tonight uh, as well. Mandarin and Fletcher, you highlighted this game, Coach. I mean, that's just a great Duval County game. Uh, Mandarin with a uh, new coach and, and no more Bobby Ramsey after last year, but they've got a lot of talent over there in Mustang land, don't they? Yeah, they they are loaded up. You know, uh, Tremel Jones, quarterback, uh, came out of nowhere last year before he got hurt at the end of the year, was having a tremendous year. So he's he's back, and then they've got a really good group of wide receivers, Karan Jackson, um, uh, Shoop, uh, Shaq, Jeremy Shaq, who's committed to Liberty. So uh, they've got a really good group of kids. And uh, defensively, they, they've taken a little hit through graduation. But I think they've got enough guys back there in the secondary that played a lot last year. But, uh, yeah, I think that's they're, they, they're one of those teams that we're not quite sure of because they do have a lot of talent coming back. New coaches staff, but really it's not new. Toby Bullock, the head coach, he's been there, the offensive coordinator, for uh, four years or so. So it's not like it's really new. Uh, he did have to add some defensive guys on the staff. So I look for them to be a factor. And then Fletcher, of course, Seatrick won the district last year. Uh, the head coach, at Fletcher, who's a graduate of Fletcher, big Gator fan, uh, played for the Gators. And, um, you know, he, he's real excited about what he's got going on. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see what happens. And, you know, they got Pop, Pop Bullard, who can score a receiving, defensive back, kick, punt, return. Um, so I think that's a great gateway conference matchup tonight. Yeah, that's a really good one. I mean, no doubt about it. I think that's a – you mentioned it, Faison and, and Fletcher, really one of the surprises of last season. How about this one? Talk about storied programs, Union County at UC. You've got that one highlighted, and uh, we'll get to Bowles and St. Augustine as well, but you're talking about four, like, premier programs with a ton of success over the years, and they're getting together here in the season little lifter. That's fun. Yeah, I think it's two sort of what we would call smaller classification schools. Uh, the old way now, I, I guess, being in the rural and the suburban area and that. But uh, this is really a great matchup to start. Two really well-represented schools, playoff teams, state championship programs that are playing. It's going to be at University Christian, so I might give them a little bit of nod. Uh, Desario Riles, uh, who's not playing as much quarterback this year as he has the last two years at University Christian, more uh, H-back, more athletically. They're moving him all over the field. Uh, big, good-looking kid that can run. And then, of course, Oral Gray. And I always laugh with Oral Gray because me and you did the game of the games, uh, what, four years ago, Brett? Yes, it was four and, years uh, he, ago. and he was a, a freshman. I want to say he was a freshman or an eighth grader at the time. And we were like, man, this kid's going to be good. And he, he, he seems like he's been there forever. But uh, Union County will be well coached. Um, they're going to come in, and I think that's a great, great game to start the year. Absolutely. Oro Gray, by the way, healthy. I think they were most excited about that. They, he really was fighting some things last year, uh, much of the season. Uh, and so we'll see what happens. One more bowl, St. Augustine, Coach, before we let you go. I mean, how good is that, right? I mean, geez, they do yeah. storied programs, love their football, ton of success. 
you know, they're going to play hard-nosed football now, and I mean, that's a great way to start the season. Yeah, and it's a, both are going to be really well coached. You know, they played last year. It was a really good game, and Bolton ended up scoring two touchdowns in the last five minutes to win, uh, I want to say, something like 40 to 28 or something like that. So, um, yeah, I think that's a great one to start, too. But, yeah, there's some great games. It's week one, so, you know, anything can happen, but uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, you got Trinity Christian at Westside Riverside along the way, uh, Vieira Creekside, Fleming Island Clay. That's a really good one on paper. Uh, Fleming Island might have the upper hand, at least uh, that's what it sounds like going into it. But we'll see. They've got some studs. We mentioned Sam Singleton already, Marcel. Mm-hmm. Oakleaf Orange Park uh, should be good. And Jackson Nice. I like that. Yeah, it should be a good one. Yeah, two two big-time guys that are going to be playing against each other for the next five years. Marcus Stokes, <laughs> the quarterback, going to Florida. And South Carolina commit Pup Howard. That was almost our game of the week. We did a couple of different renditions of the schedule, and it was almost, it certainly would be worthy, uh, but we'll have all the games covered in some way, shape, or form coming up tonight on the Blitz Scoreboard Show presented by Baker Sports and Nimnik Buick GMC with Coach Kevin Sullivan, Casey Kurtz, the entire Action Sports Shacks team, and then, of course, the Friday Night Blitz, all the highlights, 1030 on Fox 30. Coach, go have a good dinner, maybe some surf and turf, and we'll see you back (laughs) there later. All right, we'll see you all later on. Thanks. All right, uh, that is Coach Kevin Sullivan, our Hall of Fame analyst. I can't wait to get it rolling again tonight. He does such a fantastic job and knows the ins and outs of high school ball in Northeast Florida. Hey, we're going to come back to this high school, Upson Lee, the home of Trayvon Walker, when we come back, and we'll get back to some Jags talk about this roster, what to expect uh, from Trayvon's teammates, current teammates, when we come back on ESPN 690. the woods would get on the podium and call out players that participated and lived and get on them because they were exercising their capitalistic right just the same way he does is is, is excessively egregious he should be ashamed of himself and i'm gonna take this a step further are we ready to acknowledge that phil mickelson had a point Are we ready to acknowledge that the pariah that he was turned into was dead wrong? That is Stephen A. Smith. Do you feel the same way, Casey? Do you think Mickelson is kind of like validated in a sense in all this? I think some of the things that were said and happened to him was kind of unfair. So I don't know about validated, but I understand where the take comes from. And, you know, I, I think a lot of the things that were said were unfair. Yeah, I, I don't know if I fully, again, I'm not a Liv fan. And so. Oh, we know. I, I just don't, I'm not really ready to say, hey, Phil Mickelson, man, he was right on. They had money. Everybody knew they had money in the, in the PGA Tour. I mean, that wasn't a surprise. They got through the pandemic kind of just fine. They had reserves. I also don't know why that's such a knock to have, like, a good nest egg from a business standpoint. To me, it shows you you're in really good standing. Now, if, like, Jay Monahan or somebody was taking 90% of it yeah. instead of sharing it with the players, like, that would be a different story. But I think, yeah, they had, like, this... They were good no matter what happened to them. Isn't that like a good business plan? A pandemic happened. Uh, they lose Tiger Woods for years, or the, maybe a TV deal goes sour, or whatever it might be. 
They were good. And by the way, Liv comes out and starts shelling out money like blank checks, and they still within six months have the ability because of their business model and plan and whatever they had built to be able to be like, hey, we'll go slap some dollars on all this stuff too. Like, I don't know why that's so negative, but I guess Phil was right about, hey, they got a lot of money. They could give us more. You know, and I guess that's what people are saying. I, I just don't know why this is always, you know, it doesn't, there's no clear-cut winner here other than the golfers. I think the golfers are the big winner because now they're getting even more money or the ability to make more money. And I also think the sport of golf is a big winner, but I still think the PGA Tour is a bigger winner at the end of live than live is. Because I'm not sure if Liv is going to, like, supplant PGA Tour. I think it was a nice catalyst to get all these things in motion and probably should deserve some credit for that. But the PGA Tour is still king. It's like this global big thing, and it's not going anywhere. You know what I'm saying, Marcel? Yeah, no, I think I think the, the part that you said about, you know, Phil kind of looking at it now saying that, yes, the PGA Tour had the ability to pay them more money, I think, I think that's probably one of the the part where you're saying, okay, we can kind of, you know, maybe he was right. Uh, now, still, I think kind of like what Casey said, some of the things that said, were said about him, well, yeah, they probably were a little bit unfair. But I think in the moment, with just kind of the way everything was handled, I'm not going to say that it was, you know, right or warranted. But you know, I don't think I necessarily had too much of an issue with that. I think like like you you're saying. It would have been very different if, you know, Monahan's out here with six six residences on six different continents, you know, and, and meanwhile the golfers are, like, struggling and hurting and the percentages are just, you know, astronaut exponentially off. I mean, it's a different different story, but I think ultimately, I don't think even the golfers in Live that are, are, you know, in the Live Series tournaments, I don't think they're expecting or even really believe that it could ever supplant the PGA Tour. I think... Some of those guys, whether it's said or not, I think the end goal is to kind of push the PGA Tour uh, to to do exactly what you know what you just said does. Put a little bit more money in certain things and pay the players more. And I think if that if that's what comes from all of this, I think you know however many years down the line we look at it, then it's not necessarily water under the bridge, but it's kind of like you know the the end justifies the means sort of. Casey, do you think like the PGA Tour at the end of this year, are you going to look like the PGA Tour took an L? Mm-hmm. Or do you think it might be stronger than ever? No, I think they, they're going to take an L. In terms, why? Not like a financial L or like a going out of business L. But I think when you have guys that have won on your tour, when you have a guy that won a major championship, when you have a guy that had a, won a player's championship and Cameron Smith is likely to leave, that's an L. And I think we're going to find that out here shortly. If you believe some of the tweets that are out there, no laying up, um, did a genius idea because if you yeah. on if you buy tickets for Live and you use a golfer in Live, they have a promo code. Everybody has one, Johnson25. So-and-so 25, you get 25% off. Well, no laying up, typed in every dude on the PGA Tour to find out whose codes worked, and Cameron Smith, Smith 25 works. Neiman 25 works, which would be a, a fascinating one because he's a young player you don't want to lose from Chile. Yeah, global, yeah. Yeah. So, Cam Young, too, right? Cameron Young's an interesting one as well, American guy. So... Yeah, I think if, if those guys do leave, pairing with what you've already lost, highlighted by Cameron Smith, highlighted by Dustin Johnson, we feel differently, highlighted by Neiman, who's a huge loss, Cameron Young would be a big loss. I stand by my statement, Abraham Answer is a big loss. 
then yeah, I think the PGA Tour is taking an L because they had all these guys when the year started. And by the way, what a year for the PGA Tour. What a whirlwind. Because this wasn't a thing like when the tour, the year started. No, it really wasn't. I mean, it started to hit a feverish pitch even at the Players' Championship in March because Monaghan started to address it, and that's where the Phil Mickelson stuff was happening. But then it just kept rolling. I mean, it has been a fascinating year. But I do say that it's like, okay, it felt like they took a hit, and Liv was winning the battle of big names for a bit and paying out all these this money. But I would say, okay, that might have been a three-month, four-month, six-month hit. Heck, you might even see it longer than that from a perception standpoint. But I do believe at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that the PGA Tour will come out of this year and be like, you know what? It wasn't the greatest, but it might have just made us a lot better. It's like Liv nudged them to the point. It's like they poked the bear a little bit. Kind of hoped them a little bit. You know? And so, well, the bear had deep pockets. Right. Had a lot of honey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and in this sense, money. And the PGA Tour now can pony up some. And so, therefore, good for the players. And what I think the PGA Tour found out, is who's with them and who's against them. And that can be a big thing. Like, that can be a big thing when you have, like, alliances form and you have opposition. And and now I wonder, I do wonder this, and I'm kind of rooting for this, but I do wonder this. In two years, do some of these guys regret going to live? Sure, their bank accounts might not. But for other reasons, maybe depending on what shakes out with the majors, depending on, hey, I want to play against Rory. And I haven't played against them in however long. You know, whatever they're building. And we'll see. I mean, again, these things don't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. So how will the rest of the story play out when it comes to live and when it comes to the PGA Tour? Uh, but I get a sense, like, I kind of feel like by the end of this calendar year, like, I can make the case the PGA Tour is stronger than it was at the beginning of the calendar year, even though, Casey, you're right, they did lose a lot of those kind of players. Like, they lost some bullets, no doubt. Yeah. But... They strengthen themselves in a lot of ways, too, from a golfer perspective, from an alliance perspective and a loyalty perspective, and from maybe a business model perspective. So that part fascinates me. I say, I guess the Cam Young part, no laying up, was saying like he might have been in that room in Delaware and was like all in on the PGA Tour, and now they're saying he might be live. So there's a, an interesting soap opery uh, twist to that one. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that would be. That'd be interesting. Maybe he's given the inside information now relaying to Greg Norman. It's a spy situation, so yeah, you never know with that. But um, yeah, that I wondered about that actually. I did wonder about that. Like, what are they saying? But my guess is there's enough inside people. Like these guys are probably talking amongst friends enough. Yeah. I mean, Cam Smith might seriously be at Lynch's in Jack's Beach, <laughs> talking to Billy Horschel, and Horschel's in the room. And Cam Smith might be on Team Norman in like two weeks. True, or in so three I mean, days. why wouldn't these conversations maybe be taking place anyway? Yeah, I think they probably are. Um, and and by the way, the winner. I keep talking about PJ Tour. Maybe we shouldn't even be worried about that. I think the biggest winner is the golfers. I mean, these golfers are making more money than they ever could have dreamt. And and by the way, for doing less. Yeah. Right, the yeah. top name guys. Yeah. Even on now the PGA Tour, the way this is going to work out, they're going to get more money for actually doing less. It's true. That's what everybody That's wants. It. More for less. I do think a lot of this, like, I think people are a little fatigued on the live stuff and, and the tour stuff because it's become very convoluted, and it's not very simple. So I really like to simplify it as much as possible. And I, I think eventually that will come out. Like I, I said to you earlier this week, Casey, it's like, all right, if I'm – 
if I'm Rory McIlroy, how much am I going to make, or Justin Thomas, how much would I make here versus here? And, okay, maybe it's more money and live guaranteed, but you get all these other things sprinkled in in the PGA Tour, which I value. And I'm already making enough money over here that I want to do it all. Okay. So you get the whole bundle okay, more weight. on the tour, but you just get the bundle of money on the live tour. I think there's something to that, but uh, I think there's still a little bit too much in the infancy uh, to know exactly how all that stuff uh, will play out. Uh, but it will be coming soon. The Greg Norman Revenge Tour continues. Our tour of Thomaston, Georgia continues. Let's spin it back to football for one final episode, uh, segment before we hand off to Action Sports Jack's OT and Casey Kurtz and Brian Middleton. And then again, a reminder, 9 p.m. Blitz Scoreboard sh Show debut of 2022 presented by Nimnik Buick GMC and Baker Sports. Can't wait to get going tonight, 9 p.m. until 10.30. And then the Friday Night Blitz on Fox 30, 10.30 until 11, a full half-hour edition of Highlights. It's back again. We'll be right back on ESPN 690. There's a lot at stake for him this season. He took a million-dollar pay cut and agreed to a new contract that essentially cuts his buyout in half from 15 million and seven to seven and a half million on October 1st. So essentially, Scott Frost agreed to a deal that's gonna make it easier for his alma mater to fire him if it doesn't work out this year. And you can't stress enough how important the week zero opener in Ireland is. Uh, Nebraska's only Big Ten win last year came over Northwestern. They beat him 56 to seven. They're essentially two touchdown favorites. If there's ever a must-win opener for a coach, Scott Frost is facing it this weekend. I don't know who that was, and they're probably right. I mean, I don't know a game one being a must-win situation. I don't buy that because, I mean, even if you didn't win it, but then you end up, like, rolling off six or seven in a row at some time to keep your job. They don't want to fire Scott Frost. They know their way up against it. He also, like... I mean, the buyout stuff's interesting. It's still, he's fine, okay? <laughs> yeah, he'll be all right. Like, he'll be all right. I mean, I don't know, in like $7.5 million and whatever he said, $12 million, $15 million, this, Yeah, there's a big difference. I get it, but still $7.5 million. Yeah, he'll be all right. <laughs> Brent Marno, that's the voice of Marcel Robinson. We don't allow him on camera. I'm too pretty. <laughs> pretty for camera. Feeling better, though. Been playing hurt this week. It's the vitamin D. Getting that sunshine. Sitting out here sweating in the sun. Marcel killing it this week here in uh, Georgia as we were in Flowery Branch. We drove down to Thomaston, about a two-hour drive. We're going to drive back up tonight to Atlanta, uh, where the Jags are, back in their team hotel for the game tomorrow. But we'll have the Blitz scoreboard show from the team hotel tonight, along with Casey Kurtz, who's back in the Action Sports Jack studios, really doing most of the work. But we're a little concerned that, uh, well, his head has been squeezed too much by that Baker County helmet. Yeah, we... How are you holding up? We're, we're in the home stretch. Uh, I will not be wearing this for Action Sports Jack's overtime. I just want to get that out of the way now. Uh, the helmet will be coming off in a few minutes, and uh, no disrespect to Baker County. I've heard this is a whole old helmet, and thank goodness it is. Hopefully the new ones are a bit more comfy. <laughs> but we're powering through, Brent. About three, five, like eight minutes to go. We're going to finish strong. Finish it up. Finish it up. Uh, Yeoman's work doing a good job there. You got to finish. You've made it this deep. You got to. You really got Tread to. Tread water for a little bit longer. I will. Um, the We're in Thomaston, Georgia. This is the hometown of uh, Trayvon Walker, by the way. Ups and Lee. I've said this countless times now, but it's worth repeating if you're just jumping in. It's kind of cool. You know, we're doing a story on Trayvon Walker in his hometown. He's not here tonight. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence didn't go back to Cartersville, even though it's not far. We thought he might. 
So we were trying to see if some of these guys would go back to their hometown, follow them around a little bit. But we instead came here to Trayvon's hometown. Uh, it's a big deal. He's the number one overall pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's just a small town. sort of really cool story. They've embraced it. And, uh, you know, the, the other part of the story here is we kind of fell on this as we're talking to the football coach and the basketball coach, and we're here doing our show at the stadium. Well, these guys play Lamar County today. C.J. Allen uh, is a big-time prospect who signed with Georgia against Upson Lee's big stud, uh, and that is T.J. Searcy, yep. who has signed with Florida. So how about a little backdrop there? And he's coming back from injury. It looks like he'll play today after a finger injury. So uh, you got Searcy against Allen. you got Florida against Georgia. you got Upson Lee against Lamar County. Maybe we should stay for this one. I don't think it would be a bad idea. I mean, I, I kind of do need my Friday night lights fixed since seeing as I've been removed from my game of the week duties. Um, as we see buses pulling up right now, Lamar County Trojans are in the building. There we go. They're in the building. All right, here's what I want to do. I want to end the show. Something to watch. Uh, we talked a little bit about this, but let's revisit. I think it's a big day for LaVisca Chenault potentially. Now, I think you can read into that because he's probably going to play tomorrow and I could play significantly. I also think he's on the team. Like, I think it has to be a disaster tomorrow. I'm not buying what everybody else is, is, is selling. A lot of people think he's really on the outside looking in right now. I'm not, I'm not signing off on that, and I might be wrong, but I think LaVisca Chenault still offers this team more than any other guy that could be on this roster in his place, and I've got a feel, unless they trade him, unless they get some value for him, that I think LaVisca Chenault will be on the team, but it can't be a disaster tomorrow. I do believe that. If it's a disaster, I may rethink this uh, by Monday. Also, they signed a, a kicker. Uh, what's the name of the kicker? Verity? Yeah, Verity. Yeah, that's um, Verity. Wow, I'm glad I remembered that. that so many dang kickers. Fifth kicker this month for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jake Verity, off the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he got waived uh, yesterday or today, and so they signed him. What's interesting about this, and so you get a guy like McCourt who joins the team on Tuesday, flew up with the Jags, kicked and kicked well on Thursday's practice, eight for eight. Excellent show. Looks yep. good. Yep. Yet they bring another guy in. I don't know what that means other than competition or a fallback in case somebody got hurt or McCourt doesn't play well. And now you got this Verity kid uh, who's from East Carolina and has some interesting numbers to get excited about. But he's also on the street for a reason. And this yeah. becomes kicker number five for the Jags. The other part of this is Jake Luton gets waived. Again. So now E.J. Perry is really the only quarterback tomorrow for the Jags. Young man out of Brown who they signed, released, signed back. Uh, he's probably going to get the entire game, and I would think C.J. Beathard will be the emergency quarterback, even though I don't think they want to play him tomorrow. Right. But he probably dresses, and he's the emergency guy. Trevor certainly is not playing. Uh, the other thing to keep an eye on, a guy like Caleb on Chason. We talked about that earlier in the show. I don't think it's a big day for him, but it could be a good moment to build some confidence. I think he's on this team. But build confidence. Get more playing time. Show up. Show out. Those are important things. So, Casey, let me throw it back your way now that I hit the kicker situation. LaVisca, a little bit of the QB situation, and Chason. Anything else intrigue you about this game coming up tomorrow? Yeah, I got one. It goes off LaVisca. Tim Jones, if you're listening, this is your chance, Tim. Shock the world. Make the team. Put another good performance together. Make plays. Make catches. Make them have a difficult decision with any of the other wide receivers. Make a case for yourself to be on this team and continue to do what you've been doing, Tim Jones. Yeah, and I think, by the way, you do bring in an interesting element. I believe this is all about what LaVisca does or doesn't do, right? Don't play bad. 
Right. And you're on the team. But if he just does eh and Tim Jones shines, and Tim Jones has made some plays, including last week, but, I mean, he shines, he's going to get a lot of PT tomorrow, then maybe you force the hand, and maybe that guy earns the spot. So, Casey, I think you bring up an interesting part of the equation. Uh, it certainly looks like a battle. By the way, a guy like Jamal Agnew, I don't expect to see him. I don't think that's a battle at all. I think Treadwell will play. He actually had a rough practice this week, dropping some balls. But I feel like he's on the squad, too. I don't feel like he's a bubble guy. So could you make the case that a Tim Jones or LaVisca Shaw, if they both play well, could bump out Treadwell? I don't see it happening. But keep an eye on it just in case. What are you keeping an eye on? Um, I think as far as what I'm keeping an eye on is, I think it's more more the DBs, to be honest with you, more so than I think LaVisca makes the team. I'm kind of with you. I think my only thing with LaVisca is that, you know, I just wonder, you know, what does he give you that no one else on the roster gives you? And obviously we know his skill set is unique. You know, they can find somewhere to use him. But like like you and Aaron were talking about earlier, he's he's cheap. There's really no reason to get rid of him um, if you don't have to. You know, find a spot for him. I think it's weird they've been kind of putting him in different places, and we've been talking to him throughout the season, I mean through the, uh, the training camp, and just saying he's doing whatever they can uh, he can do to help make this team. But I feel like it's sort of had sort of an inkling like they're trying to figure out where to put it, you know, as, as opposed to more of him trying to just say, I can do everything. It's just this coaching staff doesn't really know how to, to, to use his skill set, if that really makes any sense. Yeah, I think uh, it's a good point because they don't game plan much. Right. But he's a game plan guy. Right? You can throw wrinkles in. Him and Agnew are game plan kind of guys on the offensive end. Where you might not use him in, like, traditional settings. But you're also not going to showcase that in the preseason. And you have ETN now for that as well. And you have that too. And we haven't seen any of those wrinkles because it's the preseason. I'll give you a few other guys. Dixon. Keep an eye on Jameer Jones. Dixon, by the way, wears number 47. Uh, pass rusher. Uh, Jameer Jones. Pass rusher. Keep an eye on him. Benji Franklin. Benji Franklin, 36, corner. I think you're right. The secondary is something to keep an eye on. I think Wingard's on the team. I think Ford's on the team, so I'm not sure from the safety. Maybe Daniel Thomas, could he get outplayed? Uh, is he a victim of the numbers game? He's been around for a couple of years. Uh, one other guy, Israel Antoine. I think he's interesting now. Number 93. Yeah. Uh, he has played, I think, a lot of good ball over the last month. He's caught my attention. I don't know if he's caught the coach's attention like, like he's caught mine, but number 93. So, that game, by the way, on CBS 47, tomorrow 3 o'clock, we'll have our countdown to kickoff show live from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium at uh, 2.30 on CBS 47 and full coverage of the Jags all day tomorrow on the TV side. Meanwhile, Action Sports Jacks OT coming up next. Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton, and don't forget, we debut the 22 edition of the Blitz Scoreboard Show presented by Nimnix Buick GMC and Baker Sports coming up tonight, 9 p.m. until 10.30, and then we hand right into the Friday Night Blitz for all the high school action. So 9 p.m., basically until 11.30, you've got it covered on CBS 47, Fox 30, ESPN 690, and all our social media channels associated with Action Sports Jacks. For Marcel Robinson, I'm Brent Martin live from Thomaston, Georgia, Trayvon Walker's hometown. Coming up next, it's Action Sports Jacks OT. Brian Middleton, Casey Kurtz on ESPN 690.